Hello, everybody. We're going back to the 1980s this week, a time of legitimate civil unrest and economic uncertainty. Keep sewing. This is the Keep Sewing podcast. Sometimes it's the Keep Dancing podcast, but right now we're keeping on sewing. I'm Ellie, your host, and I'm joined by Meg. Hello. And Millie. Hello. Hello. Ah, the 1980s. Um, Emily wasn't really born, but me and Um, Meg were. I I had three whole months of the 80s and that's it. That's probably quite enough. Anyway, <laughs> the the version of the eighties that goes on these programs whenever they have eighties themes weeks is not one that I think a lot of people would really recognise. The eighties on TV is always down south and city centre. Yeah. And giant shoulder pads and cocktails and yuppies. Whereas. I think for quite a lot of people and places in the 1980s, the 70s stopped in about 1987 and uh, then sort of the tentative 90s started. (laughs) So anyway, we're going to the imaginary uh, Lame Wonderland of... Lame Wonderland. Lame Wonderland. Of of, like (laughs) one wine bar in London where all of this happened and uh, yeah shall we get right into the first challenge yes power blazers yep is it the 80s without them no it's not and this is one this is a thing where like clearly it's a nice tailoring challenge for the purposes of competition but home sewers if you really want a jacket like this, get yourself down to the vintage shops. Like, if you, if you must. I, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure the charity shops probably have them too. Yeah. <laughs> Emily? If you insist on having this sort of jacket, then, then that's where to get it, isn't it? Yeah, I spend quite a lot of time taking shoulder pads out of vintage garments. <laughs> yes. So it seemed just crazy that they were there just stacking them in. Okay, so in reverse order of goodness, we start out with Teresa's blue satin number, which I've described as concave boobs. <laughs> I... I... Sometimes, sometimes the dart just doesn't work. Especially not on that fabric, especially not with being pressed. Not not being pressed. I just, what a mess. <laughs> so I don't really understand what happened with the dart, because I saw her trying to like force it over the tailor's ham. Uh, by the way, if you don't, if you don't, so a tailor's ham is like a sort of, a roughly sort of kidney shaped curved surface that's just like it's really hard it's stuffed with rag and you use it to iron body curves into things 
So I saw her stretching it over the tailor's ham, but then I lost track of what she was doing. Where did it go wrong? Uh, I think the big problem, particularly with the darts, was she didn't run it off the edge of the fabric, which is how you end up with those weird concave boob darts. That's a um, really weird mistake for her to have made. Yeah, and I don't know if that's to do with the fabric. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you do need some purchase on the fabric to be able to run safely off the edge. Yeah, and if you've got silky stuff right side to right side, it's probably going to be really easy to not run the dart all the way off the edge Mm. properly and then be able to do that thing where you you get the threads and you pull them and you tie them so that you don't get a weird bubble. Um, But, yeah, it was just a really bad fabric choice. And then she did that thing where she went extremely... I I mean, I basically think she'd reached her point in the competition. Uh, Her, you know, skill ceiling, like we talk about in Strictly. Yeah, the skill ceiling. Um, Yeah, she was noticeably slow this week. And, yeah, she just didn't finish this one. But, yeah, home sewing isn't a speed challenge, but this programme is. But it is if you're on Great British Sewing Bee. Quite. Uh, Nicole, she (laughs) saw the PVC, completely lost her head, and, like, she she got surprisingly good results with the bad fabric, but I do feel like they had to punish her for the lack (laughs) of common sense. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I kind of watched that bit from behind the cushion. It, it, I was just, as soon as she was like, I found the PVC, I was just like, no! No, <laughs> no the, the, bit, the bit that scared me was when she was like, oh, I'm just heating the iron up for the mm. PVC. <laughs> <laughs> to, to about 60 degrees, Nicole. That's all it can take. <laughs> a, wa- a warm breath might be more effective. <laughs> uh, just half on it <laughs> but yeah like she managed to get the lapels surprisingly sharp and I don't know it just like, like fly your freak flag high Nicole but it did look a bit more fetish wear than office wear yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's something about a PVC jacket just yeah doesn't scream office wear to me Depends what kind of office you work in and if you need to be able to wipe your jacket down at the end of the day. Like, maybe if you were Grace Jones going to the office. Oh, yeah, Grace Jones would wear that, yeah. Yeah. In my current office, to be able to wipe down my office wear at the end of the day, given that everything is lightly dusted in flour, it would be awesome. <laughs> hey, you can't, look, you can't just bong a PVC blazer in the washing machine. No, this is a... Anyway, fourth. Mark with what I'm calling pink champagne. It reminded me of, um, you know, Marge Simpson's Chanel suit. Yeah, yes. very much so. In terms of the fabric. <laughs> uh, but It was very 80s, that that, um, that wool suiting... Um, is it Bouchel? Bouchel? Boucle. Boucle, yeah, Boucle suiting. Although there's another example of boucle suiting later on, which uh, was vomitous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There wasn't really a lot wrong with it. Like, the top four in this, they're all just very good. 
uh, yeah. Liz is born in mustard nobble. <laughs> she like mm. her her little face. She was sort of visibly disgusted with what she'd made. Like Claire last <laughs> week with the bomber jackets. It, it is like uh, Liz is totally an anti-capitalist anarchist. So making an eighties power jacket was probably making her hurt inside. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Um, and she hadn't even subverted it like Nicole had. Um, because Liz knows what caution is. <laughs> what sensible fabric choices are. <laughs> um, Claire, which I'm calling Salmon Danger. <laughs> oh, the bit where she put it on in the, like, the last 30 seconds and was like, I own 51% of this company. <laughs> She she totally got into it. She totally got into it. The best part is, is obviously, she's wearing like a 1940s style pussy robe blouse, but that came back in the 80s. So with the jacket, the shirt was very... The shirt and the jacket were both very 80s when put together. Yeah, was the 80s (laughs) one of the first decades where they started raiding other 20th century decades for style revivals? Or had they already started doing that by the 70s? I think they'd started that by the 70s, but there was definitely a big 80s, those 40s thing. Yeah, sort of reviving the new look, but the new look on Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Which, when you think about it, that's what the power silhouette is. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, No, no, they'd started doing the fashion revival stuff in the 60s because they started doing 20s revival like rehashed stuff didn't they oh yeah and uh, like the teddy boys were wearing Edwardian drape jackets in the 1950s so yeah fashion has been constantly recycling itself woohoo go fashion (laughs) only each iteration becomes sillier than the last because we only remember the really stupid stuff from each time and in first place Matt quietly competently coming through with an orange sofa. If that oh, was a sofa, I'd buy it. Yeah, yeah. In, for a sofa, that is perfect fabric. Yeah. But, like, I thought that was authentically vomitous. I could see that jacket turning me down for a business loan in the 1980s. I'm pretty sure that my great-aunt Kath had that fabric on a sofa in Liverpool in the 80s. It's so that was upholstery fabric, surely. It's a fine line. Um, <laughs> the good thing with sewing garments with upholstery fabric is that you know that you are now uh, treated for flammability. <laughs> well, uh, as long as it's not vintage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's got Scotch guard on it as well, so you're slightly wiped <laughs> down. <laughs> Mildly stain resistant. <laughs> Wipe down power blazer. That's that's the goal that we just keep coming back to. Anyway, that was that. Oh, the reinvention challenge. This was a proper mess. Like, oh. <laughs> what? I'm not necessarily sure what they were going for. Were they going for, like, acid house rave clothes? Yes. Yeah, but they couldn't say we would like you to make acid house rave clothes. No, because for some that would reason. involve 
uttering the words acid house on BBC. But you're allowed to say acid house. I know acid house <laughs> is a legitimate it's, genre, but still. It's a musical genre. So what you want to make is, like, if you've been watching the Top of the Pops reruns on uh, BBC4, the, the 80s dancewear that you're wanting is something like a tiny short short and a crop top for men that sort of comes to the bottom of the ribs. Yeah, or yeah. like a high-legged bodysuit or something. Oh, the, well, like, there what? wasn't any stretch in those fabrics, but if you could have attempted the high-leg bodysuit, yeah. that would have been... <laughs> like, popper tape in the, um, in the haberdashery. Popper You know, for the gusset. <sighs> it's always gussets with us. Um, no, it isn't. Sometimes it's boobs instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you really, what you kind of want to think about is, would Bez be dancing around in front of someone wearing this outfit? Oh, I wasn't or thinking about Bez. I was thinking about um, the London boys who have been on. Um, the top of the pops recently although we're like we're right at the end of the 80s here they were like a high energy um euro pop duo and like like really good sort of commercial dance music that made itself uh, uh into uk chart music and i'm just trying to get some outfit pictures here they were German. Yeah, they were but... German. They looked great. I just, I, just looking at at like some of the stuff, I can kind of see why they wouldn't have made it onto the Great British Sewing Bee as a reference. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like they they've been they've been um, uppermost in my thoughts because uh, just they turn up on top of the pops looking absolutely incredible every time. Um, but obviously, they would have been filming Sewing Bee last summer when I can't remember where we were up to in Top of the Pops last year. But yeah, <laughs> I, we, we're going for 80s dancewear and there were some swings and misses. Mm-hmm. Therese has had clearly enough of this and just stuck stuff on things. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, as a Eurovision fan, I did appreciate the Bucks Fizz well, shout out. Although I felt like that was maybe a little too early, because that was kind of... Was that 70s? I can't remember anymore. Image search. Oh, sorry, they were 1981, because her Eurovision was in Harrogate in 1982. <laughs> uh, but, like, we don't really... Like, it's a shame that Bucks Fizz has become the go-to Eurovision reference, because they're horrible Brexiters now. Yeah. Also, like, there was, like, a whole weird, like who could be officially Bucks Fizz uh, legal case very litigious, very litigious we should probably stop talking about them <laughs> um, anyway, Therese has clearly had enough of all of this and just wants to play with the sequins in the haberdashery mm. Liz, once more this challenge offended her sensibilities <laughs> so it was a puffball skirt and be done with it yep Matt's yellow strapless breastfeeding top. What were they thinking? <laughs> I don't what? even know what was going on there. This was, in terms of the success of uh, transformation challenges, this was 
not one. <laughs> no. And what? Why? Like, I know, I know, Patrick had his scratching pocket last week, but is that what he was referring to when he said that that was a useful slit in the top, or was he making some other slightly off-color joke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they're they're all under a lot of pressure, and they've lost it. Clearly. Um, Nicole third with her one shoulder thing which basically like a, very similar to what Liz was doing where it was um, like a, a neon base with a load of tool yeah it was still kind of weird though yeah like I think everything below first and second was kind of uh, will this do failure yeah. Um, so Mark has been watching his Top of the Pops repeats and came up with short shorts and a crop top. Yes. Um, or maybe he does remember the eighties. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's a little bit older than you and me, Meg. Yeah. Um. I think. Yeah. He's. He's definitely in his forties. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's gonna. Be a bit more likely to have. He, uh, he was buying pop singles in the 1980s. Yes. Um, and Claire won with the only thing which didn't look like it was made out of chopped up hives, which I think that is that is the key to the transformation challenge. Yeah, don't look like you've dismantled a hives. Yeah, uh, the acid bustier. Yes, I, I I really like the way she um, used the high vis as like the bands on the skirt. Yeah, like yeah, a hem. Cool. Um, I really like um, the highly reflective fabric, and I got I got a meter of it uh, just off eBay. It wasn't very expensive. It was like eight pounds or stuff something. Um, I was making a fancy dress costume out of it, but I found myself with quite a lot of it spare, and so <laughs> I tried it in my die cutter machine yesterday, and it turns out that it cuts really nicely on my die cutter machine, so Is I that spent... Is you were making the reflective tape with? Yeah, yeah, so yesterday, oh. yesterday I basically churned out uh, three metres of highly reflective safety lace. <laughs> um, and uh, watch this space for further developments I think I'm going to be uh, doing a bit more stuff there I haven't yet decided to cut up any hives <laughs> I think I'm alright so in trouble pretty clearly Therese having, having a shocker but Liz and Nicole had both got a third and a fifth Yes, um, and like they'd got it set up so they were like, if Therese has a really, really, really good day tomorrow, she could she could save herself. So let's see <laughs> the cocktail dressers. Um, this is one of my favourite rounds so far. Uh. <laughs> I mean, the the fabrics were unbelievable. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go from most, at least to most interesting. So, Liz, just very much keeping her head down, had the asymmetric plum one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which, like, if you 
enjoyed Bauhaus and Sisters of Mercy in the 1980s, but you were forced to have a perm and put a cocktail dress on for, I don't know, some university function, that might be where you'd end up. Yes, it was... For, for teen, teen rom-com reasons. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and I did appreciate the uh, plum tights with it as well. Yes. And the eye shadow. Yeah, um, hair and makeup did an absolutely sterling job of uh, committing to the bit. <laughs> um, Claire, not necessarily interested in the 1980s cocktail dress challenge either, um, and came up with the velvet bodice with silver lame poofs. Yes. I don't think velvet and lame go together in that way. No, no. they don't. And also the they definitely the the sleeves definitely needed something to go in them go in them because they just looked like they were slowly well they were slowly collapsing on the model if you're gonna have a velvet main body then i think your puffs have to be in that organza with either either wired organza or crinoline Mm. yeah um i i could see a I could have seen them in the uh, Quality Street Purple Lame. Yeah, the the the, the silver didn't work. I think if she'd have gone with black velvet for the main, I do see a lot of black and silver cocktail dresses when I go on Etsy to look at ridiculous old frocks, <laughs> which I was doing uh, during the episode of Sewing Bee. and having a lovely time Um, I didn't think it fitted very well either no no it didn't I probably would have reversed the two actually because I think Liz's fitted much better yeah Yeah. definitely Claire's like she could have maybe belted it one of those one of those um Big wide elastic belts, like a nurse's belt, that clip at the front, oh, with yeah. like maybe an enamelled butterfly on it or something, something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark did some plum lame, which I fully believe I've seen that dress. Well, given that he was using an actual eighties pattern, yeah, he probably have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in the plum lame as well, I really did like the lame in plum because it had like a multicolored shot through didn't it yeah oh I really yeah. like that I really like that I um, wouldn't have that style of dress but Therese <sighs> no, I thought this was a bit out there for Therese yeah well I mean it was kind of a very conservative I'm gonna go for oil wife cocktail dress with a removable bum cape <laughs> yeah. I had to agree with Patrick that the gold at the front really did draw the eye lower than you really wanted. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> much yeah. much lower than you really wanted. Well, like you could probably have done just something with texture. Like mm. a really shiny black and um a matte black 
so a sort of a right side wrong side contrast there and got quite a lot of impact but I think then in the actual 80s somebody would have been tempted to apply diamantes all over that yes possibly put like I don't know a fan detail over one boob in diamantes um, which <laughs> that was a thing that happened a lot I don't know why I think they were compelled um, so Therese did actually manage to construct something interesting and quite out there for her but it was still not good enough no no um, but things that were good enough was Matt oh my god I wanted this to work out so much for him I know especially when he's like I have modelled this off my <laughs> and then gets out the the Barbie doll oh. <laughs> I was just like oh. gold always believe in your soul this. Matt but it's the damn it now I'm going to be earwormed thing Emily like, I, I just didn't get the insistence on like it's brilliant that he can draft his own patterns but I just think for something like that it's not um, a reliable enough way of doing it like it's high tariff yeah yeah like it's fantastic if you can draft your own patterns and it works but if you've got a self-drafted pattern that you're then having to alter on the fly and you've only just got enough fabric yeah. yeah, they must only let them bring just enough fabric. Well, I'm assuming that they've got a fabric budget. Yeah. Yeah. And that everybody will have pushed it. Like, if you've only got a fabric budget, then the then the incentive is to get the most expensive fabric and only just get enough. Mm. And also, I don't. I mean, I don't yet. I've not yet mastered self-drafted patterns it's going to be a long time before I mount that particular hill but um, I feel like they kind of only really work if the person you're self-drafting them for is you or someone that you can easily put your hands on at all times definitely I've done a pattern drafting course and it's it's really satisfying to do it but you constantly take you need to be able to constantly take measurements as you're drawing the pieces which you can't in this one no, I and mean you can take. Stuck... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I mean, obviously he's worked with this model before, so you can take her measurements. But if if you're not there, then you don't. You don't have that thing where you go, oh yeah, you've got that really long torso, or oh yes, I need to adjust for that, etc. This was this was the first one where it's just looked like somebody's thing is not going to work out and it's got to them. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think I've is... seen anyone go out for a cry before. And, well, we're at this, that point in the competition where it's really going to get to people when their plans just start falling apart in their hands. Yeah, but he did manage to get it back, and like like Patrick said, making a feature of the extra fabric in the back vent, it it kind of worked. It looked like it was supposed to look like that. But like any time you're having the, you've got a really fixed idea in your head, and you're having to accept something less than that, it's going to be really tough. Upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. 
but <laughs> the, 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 this <laughs> Nicole's yes. Nicole's sparkly Blackburn Rovers home kit. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, isn't it? All it needed was a little Lancashire rose on it. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. I knew it was going to be gammon the week the moment I saw it completed. I, I, you know, she got the whole wrong arm thing past the judges to the point where they made that gammon of the week. <laughs> Just you, you can't tell it's on the the arms wrong the wrong way around when it's on a person. Yeah, yeah if it was and, hanging and on a mannequin, got... she couldn't have got away with it. Yeah, and it's got what was it? Two shoulder pads and a and a boob, boob and a bra uh, cuff uh, bra cup. <laughs> wedged into the shoulders. Yeah. Uh, n- Nicole says to everybody else, "Go big or go home." <laughs> I I I was really impressed that the uh, the colour line ran straight down the middle of the model. Yeah. Like down her back. That I thought that was quite impressive. I really like the fact that she piped the blue um, sleeve edge in the cream and mm. then left it cream on the other one and it was just such a lovely little ping across visually. It was so good. I want it. Yeah. I'd never wear it, but it was very good. I I would wear it. Well, you know, you know I've been wearing my party dresses at home over gym leggings, <laughs> so I I would definitely love to add that to my working from home wardrobe. <laughs> I could store biscuits in the shoulders. <laughs> if you hover it out, you could you could store all sorts of things in the shoulder pads. I could, I could, I could. Um, so yes, that was 1980s week, and Therese, um, yeah, Therese found her skill level and went home. Yeah. Yes. That was that, I guess. Um, we're looking forward to International Week next week, and it looks like results will be mixed. Yeah. yeah. It also when looks like someone might actually flounce. Well, we'll just have to look forward or dread that, as it were. <laughs> um, what are you sewing this weekend, Meg? Um, I am working on an applique blackbird. Oh, nice. Emily? Mm. Uh, I'm going to use some adorable bug fabric to make a romper suit for Anise. I am uh, learning how to do cartridge pleats so that I can make a pink waterproof ruff. Ooh. Mm. Um, as you do. But yeah, also, if you are a listener and you're going out to a protest this weekend because there's a Black Lives Matter protest near you, make sure that you look after yourselves and wear a mask and, yeah, yeah stay Keep angry. hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Stay angry. Stay safe. Yes, that was the Keep Sewing podcast. And we'll see you next week. Keep sewing! <laughs>